Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Andrew Kahn for MLive.com on the Michigan Stadium field after Michigan's 31-6 win over Bowling Green to wrap the non-conference portion of its schedule. Wolverines are 3-0, but this one was uh, sloppy for Michigan, especially early. J.J. McCarthy was so good throughout uh, the Michigan's first two games. Throws two interceptions, very uncharacteristic. Um, and, you know, Michigan just didn't look super effective on offense. But defensively, uh, they came to play again, uh, force uh, three turnovers and, you know, end up with, with another lopsided win. Big Ten play is next for the Wolverines. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Eric McMahon. Michigan concluded its non-conference slate with a win over Bowling Green. The defense was very good. The offense, not so much. We break down what went down versus BG and what it means for Big Ten play coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be talking with you here Sunday, late night, September 17th, and a late night after a late night. I'm a, I'm, I'm a little tired, but I'm going to bring the energy for the pod. I mean, it's going to give all I've got and then and then crash. I think that's my plan. How about you guys? Yes, we're still operating on the uh, the late night mode, right? I, I think I'm sure all of us didn't get to bed until after 3 a.m. Uh, we've made it clear that night games are not our ideal start times. Uh, start time, but you know it is what it is. Especially against teams like Bowling Green. <laughs> I, I will say the, the game moved quickly. I, I think it was over three hours, five minutes ish. Yeah. Uh, and I actually left the stadium before two a.m., which I think is probably a record for a night game because I'm I usually am one of the last ones out, and it's usually two thirty, three o'clock before we get out of here. So. Well, Michigan wins thirty-one to six. Uh, the non-conference portion of the schedule is done. Michigan is three and zero. You know, all kind of similar scores, similar margins. And while the first two games did follow very similar scripts, this one, this one did not. This one was was different and kind of not in a good way for Michigan. So I don't know where you guys want to start. The good, the bad, kind of go chronologically through this game. Uh, you, you you tell me what you think is the most important thing to discuss from this game? I think if we go chronologically, it probably makes the most sense because it went from like bad to good, in my opinion. I mean, most of the struggles they had were like the first first half, right? I mean, they, they struggled to throw the ball, made a lot of mistakes. Uh, it was, gosh, it was a one-possession game at halftime, not something you'd really expect to see. 
uh, given the opponent and given the fact that this was week three and this wasn't like the opener where they're trying to figure things out, right? The offense has had two games to get going. Um, the deep, I mean, it's not like these guys haven't played together now. Uh, so it was, it was a little concerning. I mean, I don't know what you guys thought, but uh, when you watch, you know, the play action and the passing game, you know, worked so diligently in the first two weeks and with so so much success, J.J. McCarthy, a big part of that, and to see it all kind of, you know, struggle in some ways Saturday against, you know, an inferior opponent. Some folks think Bowling Green is probably maybe the worst of the three non-conference opponents. Now, we could debate that all day, and maybe we won't know until the end of the year. But as a fan, you don't want to see something like that, especially, you know, given the, the fact, that, you know, the Big Ten play is right around the corner. It was the lights, man. It was the lights. JJ was blinded by the light. <laughs> Didn't see all those uh, Bowling Green white jerseys uh, around there sometimes. But no, I mean, technically it was good, then bad, then good again. Because if you go back to Michigan's first drive, I mean, they ran the ball four times and marched into the end zone. And I know Blake Quorum had that that nice run. I mean, all the, all the carries went for a good chunk. And then Blake basically walked in the end zone from four yards out. So he... And then the next drive, they start driving again. It's like, all right, this game could be over in a hurry. Then JJ inexplicably throws that pick, and it's like, whoa. Like, I think that was at least my reaction. Just, just he was so locked in the first two games. And, and the way that the team was running the ball in that first drive, it's like, all right, they're, they're going to try and bounce things out of here, get the run game going, and have that big lead at, at halftime and play most of their backups for most of the second half. And it just did not transpire that way. Yeah, I mean, foot, football is is much harder, and quarterbacking is much harder than J.J. McCarthy and Michigan made it look in those first two weeks. I mean, like, you just shouldn't be as efficient as he was, as that offense is. It was, it was unsustainable in a way, but, man, did it come crashing down, you know, at, at times. Uh, you know, just the, the, the numbers, 8 of uh, 13, uh, so you know, only two of his balls hit the ground, uh, but you know, three of them were, were caught by the other team, um, and they weren't they weren't pretty. I mean, these there was you know that that one near the sideline, the the defender did make a you know leaping grab to get. I don't think he was trying to throw that ball away, uh, but you know maybe he was. He was. Well, he says he was. <laughs> okay, yeah. he says he was. There you go. So yeah, I mean that was that was a, a very impressive snag but obviously if you're if you're if you're trying to throw the ball away like that that can't ever happen you got to make sure that that no matter the effort uh you know it, it can't be um you know intercepted but um and then yeah a couple others just you know wasn't sure if he just didn't see the guy or you know some some miscommunication with the depth of the routes i, I don't know but um he he was off and um you know it was interesting to hear sharon more you know use the word humbled like i think it's not it's not the worst thing in the world for Michigan to get a bit of a reality check before Big Ten play starts. Poor judgment would be the best I mean, descriptor for me, right? Like you said, those those Sharon made it sound like at least the first interception. There were some spacing issues with receivers, so he wasn't re- ready to put the first pick on, on JJ. Um, you know, but the other two certainly, as you said, the second one, the ball was underthrown. Uh, it was it was single coverage, but he, he completely underthrew the ball. And then the third one, like you said, he he told us after the, JJ told us after the game that he was trying to throw out of bounds, and he he has in fact had plays similar to that in practice, where the result is similar, where he kind of just lobs it up there and it gets picked off. And so I, I don't know why he decided to do that, uh, but he made sure to say that next time and from here on out he's going to chuck it up to the three hundred level. Um, I don't think there's a three hundred level at Michigan Stadium, but. <laughs> yeah, that's a- 
I mean, not at, not at the big yeah. house, at least. And McMahon catching oh, a pass yeah. in the press box. <laughs> yeah. But his point is taken. I mean, he needs to chuck it out of bounds and not make it like, right. not put the opponent in a position to have an opportunity to get the ball. Uh, so it's it was almost like you know freshman JJ right some of the mistakes we saw from him last year those those weird like him just kind of playing and, and not really worrying about the result of things um, and even you know that long touchdown pass to, to Cornelius Johnson where he made that miraculous catch JJ even called an ill-advised throw after the game so it was one where he probably wouldn't normally make uh, so just just it was just a weird game right it wasn't it was uncharacteristic of what we seen out of him the first two weeks. Uh, where he was kind of a little bit more, you know, um, structured. You know, we, he was very um, meticulous about stuff, and it just wasn't the case on Saturday. He was all over the place, uh, ill-advised, making poor decisions, and, and that was a result. Now, luckily for him in Michigan, the opponent was Bowling Green, and they weren't able to really capitalize on a ton of those. I think they got a field goal out of one, uh, two field goals out of, out of two of them, and that was it. So, luckily, it wasn't like, uh, you know, Ohio State, or it wasn't, you know, we, we saw the mistakes against TCU, and it really hurt them. So, um, you hope that they're able to build, you know, learn from this. And JJ said he, he says he will. Um, but, yeah, it's just odd. Like, JJ is pretty good about not turning the football over, as we've seen. But when he does turn the ball over, it's it comes in bunches. And it almost comes in waves. So, it's a, it's a concern. You hope it doesn't happen again. But, uh, luckily for Michigan, it came in week three against Bowling Green and not week 10 against Penn State. I'm glad you made that, uh, brought up that Cornelius catch too, because I mean, he only finished with 143 passing yards and 50 of them came on that play, which I mean, it, it shouldn't have been a completion. Like I wrote about that after the game and, and watched it many times. And really, the Bowling Green defender had positioning for a while. It's just, I think he kind of stumbled a little bit and Cornelius had a little bit of a size advantage and, and just, I mean, better concentration was able to haul it in. But I mean, if you take away that touchdown pass, I mean, those numbers are even more gloomy. So uh, the one, the one thing that sticks out to me too, is like the, the overthrow to, to Tyler Morris, where it's like, just like get the, put some air under it and let him just like walk into it and, and store an easy touchdown. You don't need to, throw a Joe Milton dart in there and, and overshoot him. I'm like, that's when, once I saw that early in the game, I'm like, man, this, he just, he, he doesn't really have it. And, and we kind of see that play out through the rest of the game. Yeah. I mean, listen, we, we heap praise on him and rightfully so for a couple of weeks and now you know, just kind of keeping it real on the Wolverine confidential podcast. But uh, yeah, it is, it is obviously a, a, a team effort. And there were, there were other, other parts of the, of the game for Michigan that, that went well. Um, you know, the running game, that was something we, you know, you kind of wanted to see, uh, could, you know, Michigan improve in that area. And they did, uh, you know, 31 carries for 169 yards. Yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, sack adjusted rushing yards, 6.1 per attempt. That's pretty darn good. Blake Corm cracked a hundred yards. Um, yeah, you know, kind of first, first snap of the game for Michigan. They, they moved some people and Corm, you know, had, had a big gain and, uh, you know, they weren't off to the races from there, but it was a step in the right direction. Yes. Yeah. It was a running game, like kind of similar to what we saw last year, right? We're almost rushed for 200 yards, got some big chunk plays. They were able to move the football on the ground. It, it was very 2022 Michigan in some ways. Uh, it was nice to see Blake break a big one. That was something we had discussed the last couple of weeks where he hadn't really been able to do that much. Um, and he was able to get the first play of the game. I mean, he beat a couple of tacklers, was off to the races. I thought he was using go, go through distance. He wasn't able to do it. But nonetheless, I, I, I think he's certainly improved from week to week. I thought it was a better game for Donovan Edwards. I mean, he only got nine carries, but he rushed for 50 yards. Uh, he had an 11-yard carry. And he, in fact, two carries of 10, 10 yards or more. 
so it was more more of what we like. You know, Michigan wants to see on Dominic Edwards. Uh, but yeah, things were better. I think the offensive line had a better job blocking. Again, it's only Bowling Green, so it's it's one game and it's it's an inferior opponent. But uh, I think Michigan's on the right track from the running game perspective. I think Sharon Moore wanted to see improvement from week from a week to week standpoint. And he has. Um, I don't think they're at where they were last year at this point, but it is certainly better than what we saw from week one. And I think it's going to be something for Michigan, you know, to build on uh, next week. The defense was very good. Uh, you know, the, it comes with a major caveat that I think we should just say state right away is that, you know, Bowling Green didn't have its starting quarterback coming into the game. Uh, Connor Bazelak, the Indiana transfer was was hurt, so they went with uh, Cam Orth. Um, you know who has he he's played in both their games so far. He's got certain experience. He was he was he, he's reliable and you know looked it right away. Bowling Green took a shot on its first snap and you know hit a big gain, you know on a nice ball and you know he he was moving them. Um, you know and they were they were getting set to go for it on you know a fourth and short deep in Michigan's territory after a gift turnover and. Uh, you know, he, he has an issue. I don't know if it was a concussion or what, but he has to come out of the game. So Bowling Green takes a field goal instead. And uh, yeah, they have to bring in a quarterback who uh, he, he walked on to Purdue last year as a true freshman. He then transferred to Bowling Green. He's not on scholarship at Bowling Green. He arrived in June. Uh, he took no snaps uh, in practice this week, you know, with the actual offense. He was J.J. McCarthy in practice as the scout team quarterback. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he he looked he looked like all those things were true. Uh, you know, I mean, I he he the coaches praised him for you know just being out there, and I mean, he completed six of his ten passes, and um, you know, I mean, he he was out there, but like it was you could tell that Bowling Green didn't have much of a chance, and you know, to to move the ball, you know, once once they're down to a you know a court, a non scholarship quarterback with no no college experience. So uh, that that's the caveat there is that you know he played from you know, kind of early in the second quarter on. Um, but still, Michigan got to the quarterback, uh, forced some turnovers, did a lot of good things on that side of the ball. I'm really glad you uh, decided to go to the Bowling Green press conference there because I know when it at first happened, when they decided to kick a field goal instead of go for it for like a fourth and, and a couple inches, it's like, I mean, you're in the big house, you're, you need less than a yard. How are you not going for it in, in Michigan territory? And then, I mean, once we found out that uh, they had to make a quarterback switch, it's definitely understandable why you take the points there instead of risking it with a, uh, with a guy who hasn't taken a, a snap in, in practice. So um, yeah, no, I, I think there, I don't want to say an asterisk for this defensive performance because they were playing pretty good in, in the, even before Orth got hurt. But um, I mean, yeah, what's, it's, it's kind of hard to, read in too much what uh, this defense was able to do against a guy that uh, even Michigan had no was not preparing for for this guy at all either. Yeah, the players said after the game they had no idea who he was. I mean, they had watched zero film on him. They didn't know <laughs> anything about him. They were clearly pe- preparing for Bazelak and and Orth. There was no film to watch. <laughs> <laughs> right, correct, correct. So they they didn't know what they were getting. You know, they they, they were going to get out of him. Um, obviously, you know, him never having. Ne- Playing the game here at Bowling Green, and in this scenario, in this situation, he probably didn't expect to be in this situation. Uh, hurt things, uh, but you know, Michigan did get did, did get home. You know, there's one thing to, to say that they really get past the you know the offensive line uh, and get to the quarterback. I think there's something there, but you're right. I mean, it's 
He's not experienced. He was in over his head. Bowling Green's offense went basically one-dimensional at that point. They weren't able to move the football at all beyond that. Uh, so it's, you know, it, it basically ended the game right then and there. I mean, Michigan did what they were supposed to do against an inferior opponent, against a quarterback who had never played, uh, you know, at least for, for this team and in this offense. So, um, yeah, it's it's hard to glean much from that. It was a good game. I mean, you, you, you want those guys to get experience and you want them to get – you know, get the feeling getting home to the quarterback and getting those sacks and everything else. But it was to be expected. I mean, anything less than when I would have been, a, you know, a sore disappointment, in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I don't mean to imply that the starter was, you know, lighting it up. They scored no touchdowns in this game. Uh, so, yes, he wasn't he wasn't doing too much against them anyway. They, they did hit a couple of couple of deep shots, though, against the secondary and had a wide open touchdown. Uh, that Josh Wallace got burned on a double move there. I think that was early second quarter and the, the receiver just straight up dropped it. And it's like, oh, wow, that's uh, you don't see that very often. But then, yeah, after those three plays where uh, two 30 plus yard completions and that drop pass and then the secondary kind of locked down after that and, and played much better. But yeah, the pass rush was there all game, and, and it's it's very encouraging to see for for the Wolverines. They continue to ro- rotate a, a bunch of guys, and in the interior end on the edge, and and I mean they're able to do that because multiple guys are effective. So that's uh, that could be, should be a winning formula moving into Big Ten play. That that same receiver you mentioned, Ryan, he 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 spoke about Michigan's defense, and uh, you know I thought it was interesting how he he commented on how the whole the whole defense runs to the ball. And, you know, there'll be a defensive lineman, you know, that'll make a play or at least try to be involved in the, in the tackle, you know, 15 yards, you know, down the field. And that's just, it, it showed on tape. And then he saw it, he saw it for himself on, on Saturday. And, uh, you know, you know, that's just exactly what Jesse Minner and the defensive staff want to hear. Cause that, that's kind of just one of the things they preach. And, you know, we, we've seen it so far from, from Michigan this year. Um, but yeah, overall, like, you know, the sloppy game, it was, a, it was a three turnovers, uh, three interceptions from McCarthy that we mentioned, um, you know, a fumble on a kickoff uh, lost a, an- another one, you know, fumbled that they you know were fortunate to recover. So um, and yeah, some of these defensive breakdowns that we mentioned. So I don't know, just not not the cleanest game from Michigan. Uh, I don't know. Do you say you just you, you have these and you you flush it, you try to learn from it and move on? Or is it a sign of, oh, maybe Michigan, you know, number two team in the country is is you know, a little, a little shakier than people thought. I'm trying to rack my brain last year. Like, I don't remember a game like this particularly. Do you guys, other than the TCU game, Maryland, 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 Maryland gave them a good, a really good run in the fourth game of the year in the big 10 opener. Okay. Yeah. So I, I guess if you're Michigan, like, as I said earlier, you'd rather have it now rather than later. Um, you know, you know, there's going to be some hiccups across, you know, along the way. And, and there's going to be a big team, 10 team that pushes them at some point. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, you'd probably rather have it earlier than, than later. But I think the key here, right, is how Michigan responds. I mean, does JJ play a clean game next week? Do the, are the turnovers done? Do special teams respond to those short, those short kickoffs? Um, they got some stuff to clean up, and it was something Sharon Moore and the, and the players acknowledged after the game, too. So um, it, it's all about how they respond. I mean, if they come out and play well against Rutgers, all will be forgotten, right? I mean, a win is a win. And I wrote that Saturday. That's all that really matters at the end of the day. But but when you're playing inferior opponents like this, you want to see you want to see improvement. You want to see polish. You want to see all, all the grandeur and everything else. And when we got a lot of that the first two weeks, we didn't get it week three. So I don't know. Uh, it, 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 you could take it any which way you want. Um, 
but at the end of the day, you know, Michigan's three and zero entering Big Ten play, and I think it's right where they, they, you know, they, they'd want to be. And it's not just Michigan either. I mean, there's been some other top programs that have, have struggled a little bit early on against teams that they, they should beat. I mean, Georgia, I think, was a 27, 28 point uh, favorite against South Carolina, and they were down early in that game too before coming back. I mean, Texas was in a battle with Wyoming early. So Florida State almost lost to Boston College. So, like, a lot of these, to me, I don't think there's any dominant team in college football this year. And it's like, if you're Michigan, you really don't want to have any hiccups because you have such a great opportunity in front of you. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's the, the alarm bell shouldn't be going off yet, but I think with the way Rutgers has been playing, it'll be a, a tougher test than, than many people originally thought. Yeah. Rutgers undefeated. And yeah, I think this is definitely going to be a, a step up and yeah, I think Michigan will have to, they'll have to play well to win. I mean, I don't think they can like play as I don't think they can make all the mistakes they made this last week and, and assume that they're gonna they're gonna beat Rutgers. I know I know the line though is you know the point spread's pretty pretty significant, but um, I don't know. Rutgers seems to you know be playing well under Greg Schiano so far. They are, and they have some decent wins so far. I mean, it's not like they've played like a schedule like Michigan. Right. They opened the year against against Northwestern, beat them. They have a win over Virginia Tech on Saturday, a convincing one too. And I know Virginia Tech's not exactly what it used to be, but. Those are quality wins against you know better competition than what Michigan has faced so far. So I, I don't write Rutgers off. That Michigan they played them competitively in 2020 and again in 2021. I know last year was a blowout and you know and this year it's it's in Ann Arbor, so that certainly helps. I think contributes to the high point spread at this point. I think last check it was like 26 points, which is a little higher than I expected it to be. But you know it, Michigan's expected to dominate. They probably will. But uh, I'm looking forward to see how they respond. Um, we, we can no longer complain about the schedule. You know, this is a Big Ten opponent in the division that Michigan resides. So they have to play them everywhere, every every year, and this is going to come up. So um, I think the good thing for Michigan is they're coming off of a you know down performance. Uh, they get a Rutgers team that's riding high, 3-0, a lot of momentum. And I, I think in, in some ways, too, it's a do-or-die year for Greg Schiano. I mean, he's, he's kind of floundered a bit the last couple of years. He's not in a good position given the, the state of the athletic department there at Rutgers and the conference he's in and the division he's in. But so far, so good. Uh, we'll see where things go. But I'm expecting a, a relatively competitive game on Saturday. Yeah. Anything else from uh, from Saturday's game, uh, you know, that you that you want you want to share? Obviously, tomorrow we'll uh, we'll hear from Jim Harbaugh for the first time about this game. Uh, and then he'll get to, you know, preview a, an opponent that will actually, you know, be on the sidelines to face. He'll return from suspension, you know, against Rutgers, um, and you know, actually be on be on the sidelines to coach the team on on Saturday. But uh, yeah, anything else about Saturday's game that that we didn't hit on? Maybe from the post game press conference or or just your own observations? I think the lights were a little bit overrated, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, they, it was cool, I guess, in the first pregame and the uh, I guess the first couple breaks, and then it's like kind of got a little old after a little bit. And then there wasn't any specific thing they did that, that I guess it's, we're not in the state or like we can't hear anything either. So I guess that part is a little bit different. But, right. I mean, they were definitely it's, different. It's not for it's us not. in any way. Right. I mean, they're not, they're not trying to hype us up. No cheering in the press box. We can't, we can't hear fully exactly what's going on with the music. I mean, we can, we can hear, you know, when they play Mr. Brightside, we know it, but we can't, you know, all the, all the, more fine the finer details of what's going on are, are sometimes um you know lost on us up there and 
yeah, we're not we're not in the stand. So it is it is a little different. I mean, that's why I try to you know talk to some people who were there and they they seem to like it. Got you know some NFL vibes from it, which you know can be a good thing or a bad thing. Part of what college is fun is the band and you know things like that. But um, I don't know. They uh, you know it was, a, it was the first game, so yeah, we'll see how it, how it goes. Because yes, I, you could see how maybe eventually it it would it would lose some some luster, but. I think it added some excitement to an otherwise, um, yeah, uninspiring opponent and kind of a, even a lackluster performance. All the reaction I saw on social media seemed to be overwhelmingly positive. And, and like you guys said, it's not really intended for us. It's the it's intended for the TV viewer and the folks in the stands. So, and we also got to remember too, right? The only time they can really use these lights are for night games. So and at this point, Michigan's probably only going to have two this year. So they got to use them while they can. I, well, I did think it was a little overdone. I, I did think it added something to the, the environment. I thought it was cool. It was cool looking. I thought it, added, it brought something different. Um, I, and I got to go back and watch the TV broadcast. I haven't done that yet, but I'm really curious to how it looked. But nonetheless, it was cool. They had the money to do it. They decided to do it. Uh, you know, why not? Chris Jenkins certainly liked it. Yes, he does. He's, I mean, he's, he, he's got an enthusiasm unknown to mankind, though. So, I mean, he's, he's <laughs> gets excited about a lot of things, I guess, which is good. Uh, all right. Well, we will have, uh, you know, more coverage, um, you know, from, from the game and from Jim Harbaugh's press conference on Monday and leading up to the Big Ten opener against Rutgers on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening. <laughs>